Hi, I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Switcheroo! It's opposite day. Well, man, we recorded our Christmas episode for all of you listeners, Donut Box OGs. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas and you enjoyed that Christmas episode. Yeah, absolutely. And we hope that you got everything that you wish for and spent great time with family or friends. So when we drop this episode, it'll be the Monday after Christmas and I will be enjoying my family in Georgia. And that is going to be the best gift of all for me this Christmas. So for all of you Donut Box OGs who have continued to support us, this is our episode five. So shout out to those listening in Detroit. Shout out to those listening in Los Angeles, Virginia, Salt Lake City, of course, Texas, our home state, Georgia. Also, we have some international listeners over there in Poland and Belgium and Ireland. So we just want to thank you guys for listening and being a supporter of the donut box podcast we see all stateside and we see all worldwide it's crazy to think that people across the country and overseas would be listening when we started this we thought that we were going to have maybe 10 listeners and we have around 40 so that is a tremendous feat yeah absolutely i can't believe that we have that not only that many listeners but the variety of places that they are at currently is just incredible i didn't think that we were going to be outside of the state of texas or georgia um immediate people that we knew would be listening so it's definitely spreading and um, we're having more and more trash can ogs each and every day if you are listening and existing returning listeners thank you and welcome back but if you are a new listener the donut box podcast is set up to uh, to be a different donut each segment each segment is a different donut and our first donut here is an old-fashioned donut which is a story from micah and i's past we grew up we've known each other since we were eight we basically are pretty much brothers and we love telling these stories and according to a lot of fans they say that the old-fashioned donut is their favorite part of the donut box podcast we've had such a interesting mix of stories happen to us um so i'm glad that other people enjoy just as much as we do so today's story, Micah, is called The Smoking Pastor, and I'm going to let you tell the story. It's about the time that we caught one of our pastors smoking. For those of you who listened to our previous episode, the Christmas special, you guys heard the eight days of Christmas that we sung. If you guys didn't tune into that, please go tune into the Christmas special. It is a great, great edition of our podcast, I will say. Um, our story today... We were at the church a lot, as you may tell from other stories of ours. We would go, and we would go and have a good time. We had a vehicle. Um, We had a very large parking lot, and we had minimal supervision. Uh, That's a recipe for disaster for all you parents out there, just FYI. But in this particular case, we took the car out. And we were going to do donuts in the said parking lot, um, race up and down it, do some different things like that. Well, let me preface this by saying most of the stories that we have start off well in the church parking lot because we, like Micah said, we were there all the time and we ran out of stuff to do. And on this particular occasion, Micah's parents were teaching a class and it was called Financial Peace University. If you ever heard of it, it's the Dave Ramsey scam class. 
All right, never mind. That's a soapbox. But anyways, it is called Financial Peace University, and Micah and I had to be there to help set up the tech stuff. And we would go there, set up the tech stuff, and then once the actual video started playing with Dave Ramsey teaching, then we would go out in the parking lot and drag race or do donuts or whatever. And we had an hour and a half or so to do whatever we wanted while the video was playing and everybody was distracted. So we were out there doing donuts and we were in this empty section of the parking lot. And um, at the particular time, there was rumored actually to be this, uh, the church was actually right next to the interstate. And um, there was a, there was some trees back there and there was a, presumably a person without a home living over there had made kind of a camp over there. And so we see somebody at the top of this hill and at the top of this hill with the parking lot is also a playground. We saw him towards the playground and everything. So we didn't think anything about it. We just kept doing our thing. Um, day turned to night. So it became dark and we're still out there doing donuts and doing some crazy stuff. And we see somebody, I mean, we come around the corner and do this donut and there is somebody standing right there. And I just remember Chris saying, oh my gosh, go in reverse. Somebody's right there. And so we were freaked out. And so we hit it in reverse real quick. Well, let me add on to this. The car that we were using was my 1996 Buick Century, that big body, and I had worked nine months at Chuck E. Cheese, worked for the mouse, Charles Entertainment Cheese, and I saved up all my money to get that car. I mean, this car was my first love, my first car. I mean, you go in the car and the the roof is hanging down. You had to put thumbtacks because the upholstery was hanging down, and I loved that car, and it was great to do donuts in, and I, we were 16, 17 a young young boys with cars to do freedom and an empty parking lot and we thought that it was one of the pastors or it was one of the members that were up there and that's why we were a little afraid and that's why I said throw it in reverse so we didn't know who it was if it was the gentleman that was presumably living up there or if it was one of the pastors so we freaked out and we knew on the back side of the church we can go and park. And so we flipped the car in reverse and we went and parked around the corner to where just in case it was somebody that knew us or anything, they could not identify us or get us immediately in trouble. And so once we were back in the back area, Chris and I devised a plan. The plan to find out who this was, I was going to take the car I was going to continue to do donuts and act a little crazy. There was these bank of bushes on the top of this hill to where you can see the area where that person was standing at. And so I told Chris, go up in those bushes. I'm going to serve as the distraction. You tell who it is. So I go and do st crazy stuff. Chris calls me and tells me, man, I think I know who this is. And it looks like he's smoking. And I tell him, I said, no way. There's no way. Once he tells me who it is, I tell him, no way. There's no way that that's who it is because he was a rather uptight kind of guy. Yeah, and this guy had a former past of being in a biker gang, and he was actually the outreach pastor at our at our church, and he had started a homeless ministry that met underneath a bridge in that town, 
And I thought to myself at the time, I was like, there was no way that this guy is smoking a cigarette. Like he's a pastor. You in you in your mind, you hold pastors in such a high regard, and you think to yourself, there is no way that this guy would smoke a cigarette at all. So to me, I was thinking in my head, there's no way that this is this guy. But I got a good clear look at him, and it actually was that guy. And I'll tell you, or Michael will tell you how we found out it was him. We also. You know, I went and parked the car again. Once he told me who it was, I had to see it for myself. So I parked the guy, the car again and went back up to the top of the hill in these bushes and was looking at him. And sure enough, he's sitting there and we were, were looking at him and that's that's who it was. But it was still at a distance to where it was a little questionable. It looked almost, you know, identical to him, but he's close and not that close. So fast forward to that following Sunday. This happened on a Thursday or a Tuesday. It was one of those days. Fast forward to a Sunday. Micah and I are in the main lobby of the sanctu- uh, the sanctuary. We're just talking and talking to everyone. And this pastor, we'll call him Pastor R. Pastor R comes up to Micah and I and he pulls us to the side. And what does he say to us, Micah? <laughs> he leans in very close. First of all, he was a very close talker, which is uh, was a little uncomfortable. But he also um, starts going off about how he saw us in the parking lot. He saw what we were doing. He's going to tell the senior pastor of what's going on. And he goes into this whole tangent about how what we're doing is wrong. What, what would my father do if he found out and really ripped us i mean really ripped us right there he even threatened to kick us off the kitchen ministry team because that was part of the homeless ministry the kitchen would per, uh, prepare the meals that were being served down underneath the bridge ministry and so he threatened to kick us off that off that ministry and that's when i knew in my mind i was like there's there, because not that many were pastors or staff were there on tuesdays at seven o'clock unless they absolutely had to be there so in my mind i'm thinking yep pastor was the one in the bushes smoking a cigarette that had to be the one well uh side note we don't actually know if it was a cigarette all we know is it was dark there was a red ring that was going around as the person inhaled and smoke exhaled from their mouth so we, we don't know what the substance was we assume cigarette, but you never know. I will verify that this man d- did look like he had smoked too much weed in the past because he would just stare at you with a blank stare when you said something to him, and you could tell that his brain was a little fried from doing too many drugs. But I digress on that situation. So if going back now, if he would have said that to me and with the mind that I had now, I would have been like, well, how did you know? Were you the one that was smoking the cigarette in the bushes? Because we saw somebody smoking a cigarette. Being where we were, we were taught to be afraid of authority and you don't stand up to that sort of thing. So it, it definitely would have been different now if somebody, cause he basically cornered us. I mean, he really, he really did corner us and was all up in our face and he had coffee breath. Let me remind you, which that's never pleasant. And that's the story of how we caught one of our pastors smoking in the bushes. And I know what you're thinking. Well, you don't really know it was him. It probably most likely was him just from that confrontation that we had so that's our good old-fashioned donut now we're going to move into our next segment which is the most interesting segment i will say that we have on this show and that is the jelly donut segment which is the jail report sir, jelly donut, sir. A jelly donut. 
Micah, I have a very interesting story for the jail report today, and it is called the bad apple. Are you ready for this story? Oh, man, I'm always ready for these. A South Carolina teacher is arrested again. Local educator who shot her son is being held for check fraud in South Carolina. Now, this woman was a social studies teacher that worked for a middle school in South Carolina, and her name is Miss Thomas. Miss Thomas is the same middle school teacher who was arrested in May for accidentally shooting her 13-year-old son. Now, this is where the story gets even more interesting. She accidentally shot her 13-year-old son because she was aiming for her husband, and she actually did shoot her husband in the abdomen, but the bullet went through him and struck her son as well. Oh, oh hold on. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Call a timeout on the play. You're telling me, so she initially was arrested for <laughs> aiming at her husband, shooting her husband. It accidentally, I guess, accidentally went through her husband, hit her son, and so that's what she was initially arrested for? That's what she was ori originally arrested for, but the story gets even deeper because she only got probation off of this and she was convicted of reckless conduct. Either she is really lucky, I don't think that's the fact, uh, or she she has some sort of connection somewhere because how in the world are you going to keep your job much less not have any serious repercussions for any of that. Either murder or attempted murder or attempted manslaughter is what I would be thinking. She obviously has to know somebody to get only probation because that is a slap on the wrist. Now, let's fast forward to last Thursday. And when I say last Thursday, this was a couple weeks ago as of when this uh, jail report came out. Um, the 43-year-old teacher was arrested in Georgia and held for outstanding warrants for fraudulent use of checks or stop payment over $5,000, and she had warrants. And the jail report made repeated attempts to get a reaction from the school district about Ms. Thomas' arrest with no reply. It gets even more juicier. The middle school still has her listed on its website, and she updated her students on the page in mid November, which the school didn't fire her. She she just got probation and she returned to work like nothing was nothing was wrong. I can't believe that the school didn't do anything. Most schools don't even like bad press. Even if you're alleged to do something, most of the time they fire you or they suspend you or let you go. And who knows, maybe they did suspend her. The jail report does not say. I figure if they did, though, they would have said something to the to the jail report or to the media itself saying she was suspended without pay from this date or from this point forward, she's been let go or even we can't make statements on it because our legal department says we can't something along those lines. This is irony because on her teacher page, she wrote, I love to read, cook and spend time with my family. She writes on her teacher page, one of my dreams is to be debt free. That means I do not owe money to anyone. I would like to own real estate and flip the properties to sell. Well, you now owe money to the state because of those fraudulent checks that you wrote. I don't know why she thought that it was a good idea to write fraudulent checks, but now not only is she going to get jail time probably, but she's also going to have to pay some money, pay a fine or something like that. The jail goes report, the jail report goes on saying in the May shooting, 
Mrs. Thomas fired a gun at her husband and accidentally shot at her 13-year-old son at the same time. The teen suffered a gunshot wound to the right shoulder, and the woman's husband was shot in the abdomen, according to arrest warrants. Miss Thomas was originally charged with two counts of aggravated assault, weapon possession, and cruelty to children in the first degree. The gun was listed as a Smith & Wesson MMP Shield 380 caliber semi-automatic pistol. I still don't understand. I think those charges would be felonies, though. Maybe she took a plea deal of some sort. It had to have been some kind of plea deal, or she must have had a really good defense lawyer in order to get it knocked down to reckless conduct and probation. I'm wondering if they did not include, you know, maybe it was a court order they have she has to go through some sort of program therapy something they said that mrs thomas shot her husband in the abdomen of course and the gunfire reportedly went through the husband and trucker son but it was all because that mrs thomas was arguing with her husband and during the altercate altercation that's when she went and got a gun listen again like we've said we don't know their marriage situation and maybe her husband was abusive i don't know at the same time though when you take out a gun and shoot somebody it's always a very serious matter absolutely there's no reason to be doing that we can solve it with words um if you have to be defensive you can be defensive but that's not defensive it doesn't sound like it was a self-defense case because of the type of charges and maybe that's why the charges got dropped because it was a self-defense case the jail report does not say so who knows it could be good or it could be bad but at the same time she got arrested for writing fraudulent checks and that's what she's going back to jail for. So that's our jail report. And it was definitely a very interesting one this week. And so Michael, what is our next donut segment? Our next donut segment is the donut hole. The donut hole changes every week. Last week we had the donut hole about will it Christmas. And then two weeks ago we had the donut hole of the dumpster dive and then three weeks ago we had our movie pick of the week which which we are going to do again it's chris's movie pick of the week and with that being said i'm going to start my movie pick of the week and this just hit theaters in early december it is the remake of west side story now i will tell you i'm a very big musical fan west side story is my favorite musical so when i saw that they were going to remake West Side Story, I was very, very, very skeptical. And you can usually learn a lot about people if they're really a musical fan or not. And I will tell you how you will know. If you ask somebody what their favorite musical is and they tell you Grease, that means that they're not really a musical fan because there are way better musicals out there. I hate Grease. It is not the best musical. I don't care what you say. And if you like Grease, you need to go watch some other musicals. Anyways, I digress. This is not fries my donuts, Chris. This is not what fries my donuts. This is the donut hole. And we're talking about West Side Story. This was directed by Steven Spielberg. And I was very leery about Steven Spielberg directing a musical because he never has before. It was a great feat. This movie lived up to my expectations and even more. They didn't go shot for shot remake, which I was so glad that they did not do that. They did take some artistic creative licenses and the choices that they did make to improve the story or change the story actually improved it from the original musical. If you don't know the story of West Side Story, it's about 
these two gangs, the Jets and the Shark. The Jets are a group of white boys, primarily Italian and Polish. And then the Sharks are a group of Puerto Rican immigrants that have just moved to New York. And they're battling it out over territory in the neighborhood. And the main character, Tony, used to be a part of the Jets. And he falls in love with the gang leader from the Sharks is Sister Maria. And they fall in love. And it's almost like Romeo and Juliet, but with greasers and knives and all that good stuff. You know, I was curious uh, how you were going to feel about watching it because we talked about it before. I had seen the original and we had talked about the whole Steven Spielberg thing and maybe not exactly living up to expectations. But um, without giving too many spoilers, uh, besides that, what what was maybe your favorite part that really got you on the on board with it my favorite part was that they gave tony a backstory and his whole backstory is he went to prison because of his involvement in the jets and he was trying to get rid of that old gang lifestyle and he was really trying to go on the straight and narrow and they gave him this great backstory the singing was great the acting was great the singing in the first one is not the best but all of it hits the checklist for me. The artistic licenses, the creative choices they made. They have the original Anita from the first one, and she's a character, and they develop a relationship between Tony and this lady who, in the movie, she's Puerto Rican, and it shows, hey, Tony really doesn't hate Puerto Ricans like the rest of the Jets because it is talking about racism and talking about these people that are kind of outcast. And so for me... It was a really good movie because it talked about family. It talked about overcoming obstacles. It talked about overcoming racism. It is a Romeo and Juliet story, and it does make cracks at the fact of, hey, you just met this girl like last night. Maybe you want to take her to dinner first before you ask her to marry her, and they do make a joke about that. To me, this it, it, it lived up to my expectations, and... In some ways, it's even better than the original. So that's my movie pick of the week is West Side Story. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Go check it out. I promise you will not be disappointed. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to go see it. For our next segment, it is What Fries My Donuts. <laughs> and today, I'm going to be talking about a certain type of people. Uh, these people are primarily in higher-up positions of various industries, but they look down on people such as customer service. I come in contact with this all the time. Chris is in a customer-facing role. I'm in a customer-facing role. I don't understand why people feel like we are in different quadrants of society because of the jobs that we have. Really what it comes down to is money. We may not make the same amount of money. We may not be in the similar positions things of that nature, but we're all human beings and we're all people. I don't understand people that look at other people differently. I also don't understand why you would take things out on people. I've noticed that there is a lot of people that will take stresses out on these customer-facing roles. I don't understand that. If they were in the customer-facing role, they would not like what is going on and what would what would happen? A lot of these people are not just in those power roles. It's also the older generation. A lot of people that are in their 50s and 60s and 70s, the baby boomer generation, 
because a lot of them did not have to be a waiter or a waitress or work in those customer service roles. They just grew up, graduated high school, and then they went to college and then they got their job. A lot of them look down on those kind of people because to them, oh, well, you're you're just bagging my groceries or, oh, you're just waiting on me. You're, you're, you're a servant to me. It is a lot of that older generation. I would tend to agree with you, yes. It's not just people in the positions of power, but almost that ego to where they feel like they're in a higher up spot than you in society. You know, I really see a lot of that. I feel like the best prime example of it is I was at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. And if you've ever been through there before, it can be a great airport to go through or it could be a nightmare to go through, just depending on the day. Really dependent on the weather. Chris can vouch for that. Depending on the weather, it can be a great place uh, or a horrible place. When I went through there this particular time, there was a massive thunderstorm, delayed things for hours and hours and hours. The first thing you see is the customer service counter full and it is people yelling and cursing at the individuals trying to help them. Now there are some people that are cool, calm, collected. I'm one of them. It's the weather. Uh, we don't have Susie Q with the American airlines up there doing the rain dance and making it storm up there. I understand that it's not their fault. They're just trying to do their best. Sometimes you have to keep people in check, but you know, at the same time, you don't have to be rude about it. The part that I think is really, I can't grasp it, is there are many areas that maybe we don't have the responsibility, the role, or the ability to be able to help in. And these people expect, they expect the world. They expect you to be able to do your job plus three other people's job at the same time. And if you're not, you're not good enough. I just, that really fries my donuts. It really makes me mad when people want to take things out because I really feel like it's more taking out their frustrations than it really is anything else. People are not your punching bags. I understand being upset and being angry at the situation, but those people are there to make a living as well and they don't need someone in their face yelling and cursing them out especially since covid and everything people also don't understand that because of covid they're just simply things that are out of people's control for example i work for a grocery store and the supply chain really is broken and people get mad at me because we don't have a certain item and i have to say look it's because of covid not only just COVID, but Frito-Lay or Coca-Cola or whatever has not been able to hire people because of the unemployment, because it's just hard to find a job right now that pays decent. And that's why they're having to stop production on certain things. And that's why the specialty items like a diet root beer zero were not able to get because those people have stopped production in order to keep up with the labor that they have. So when you're looking at those things, understand that most of the time, it's not that person's fault. Like Micah said, with that situation in Dallas, those, the American Airlines people didn't have any control over the weather. They had no control whether or not the plane got delayed or not. They're, try, they're trying to help you and you're sitting over there yelling in their face. I've gotten to the point now where I calmly tell people, look, we can handle this like adults. But if you're going to continue to scream in my face and yell at my face, then we're done here. We can act like kids 
and scream and yell at each other or we can act like adults and i think customer service people should have that right and i hate those people with the mentality the customer is always right no the customer is not always right that is so not true and if you look at work in retail you don't have to put up with that and that's my advocacy for customer service people that is definitely an outdated philosophy of the customer is always right because most cases it's it's not true most of the time it is they are wanting their own way and that is not the way that that realm works people also are very selfish i'll be working my cart on the aisle and people will be all up in my kool-aid all up in my cheese grits and reaching over me while i'm stocking shelves and I will move my cart because they're in my way. And they'll oh, be like, oh, you don't have to move that cart for me. You're not in my way. And I'm just sitting here thinking, no, but you're in my way. Obviously, I can't say that. But at the same time, be courteous to people that showed up. Be courteous, courteous and kind. And on another tangent, tip your waiters and waitresses. I hate to be that guy, but those people barely make a living working in that food industry. And I... Love my, my brothers and sisters in Christ, but the Sunday afternoon crowd is the worst crowd for tipping waiters and waitresses, and y'all treat them so rudely, and we need to do better about treating waiters and waitresses with kindness because they're overwhelmed, and even if they don't do a good job, still tip them well. Still be nice. Be kind. Be the bigger person. Absolutely, and just because you went to church doesn't mean that you fulfilled your obligation to be Christ-like for the week. Uh, yep, I'm calling y'all out because that is what he is talking about when it comes to restaurants. Retail is another thing. If they go shopping, I've, there has been a lot of church members that has chewed me out on a Sunday morning after they get off of church. And we don't have to be that way. We don't have to be that way. And my final thoughts on what fries my donuts this week, if you're sitting there and you feel some sort of conviction saying, oh, I've been that way to a customer service representative or somebody who's trying to help or, uh, you know, you felt like somebody is less than. It's okay. Just know that we are here to try to help you. The true people who are out for your best interest. Now, there are some people in the customer service industry who are not really there for the right reasons. They're to collect a paycheck. I'm not saying treat them differently but sometimes you have to keep those people in check. Just don't be rude about it. But the people that are actually trying to help you, we know what we're doing. We, we know what we're doing. We want to help you. We don't want you to be upset. We want you to have the solutions that you're looking for. Not to, not to keep going on this, but also to don't act like you know more than that person. If that person is working there and they tell you this is the policy, don't be like, oh, no, I know what I'm doing. Don't argue with them because more than likely not, you don't know that policy. Or when they're like, well, the sale ended yesterday. Can I still get the sale? It's like, no. Do you want the sale from 15 years ago too? Where does it end? But anyways, that is my soapbox. I will get off of that before I get very heated. I will try to be nice. So I think we struck a chord with, with old Chris over here. <laughs> well, since that was a little heavy, it wasn't heavy. It was just more, not enraging, but it I'm an advocate for customer service, as is Micah. So be nice to those people. But moving off of that, we get to get to the fun stuff. It is the mystery donut. Woohoo. And that is our improv segment. So this week, we have a game that we're going to do. Last week, we did the eight days of Christmas. The week before that, we ended up doing our normal picking an accent and a location 
Um, and then before that, we did a game questions only. So our game this week is going to be fortunately, unfortunately. So one of us is going to say, fortunately, a situation is happening. And the other person has to say, unfortunately, and match it with a more negative tone of what's going on. And just like with the questions only game, we will be keeping score. So if one of us pauses or gets stumped on the fortunately or unfortunately, that person will lose and the other person will get a point. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, I'll start. Fortunately, I got my rebate check from the insurance company. Unfortunately, it was only for $2. Fortunately, I can use that $2 to buy me a Coke. Unfortunately, with tax, you can't. Fortunately, I can at least buy a Snickers bar. Unfortunately, you can't go to the Furs anymore because it's closed. Fortunately, the Furs did close. Unfortunately, there's no Lubies in town. Fortunately, I don't... Dang it. Ah, yes. Okay. All right. Which, for those of you who don't know, Furs and Lubies are cafeteria-style food. Okay. I'll let you start off the next one. Fortunately, I bought a new printer, so it's not jamming anymore. Unfortunately, it's an Epson, so it'll break in two weeks. Fortunately, Shaq is the official sponsor of Epson, so I have Shaq on my side. Unfortunately, you forgot to buy the warranty, which I told you to do. Fortunately, I bought a bunch of ink with it, so I should never run out. Unfortunately, you forgot the power cord at the store. Fortunately... <laughs> all right last we're tied we're neck and neck so one for me one for you i'll start ready fortunately i am quitting my job unfortunately you have no job lined up fortunately mcdonald's is hiring for 15 dollars an hour unfortunately you'll have to deal with those customer service people we were talking about and fries my donuts fortunately i'll get to bring free food home every day i'll get a big mac every day unfortunately you'll be 300 pounds in the matter of a week fortunately i have a forklift in my garage so that'll lift me out of my living room unfortunately the hydraulics went out from carrying your fat ass (laughs) (laughs) dang it man you got me you got me i am the loser of this one you that caught me off guard i did not think you were gonna say that pardon my french but it just came well that was a very short improv because like we said it's live and you just never know what one of us is gonna say and this is the filtered version if we had free license to say what we wanted to say there ain't no telling there'd be some offended people out there well let's not offend people let's help encourage people with this last donut segment which is our eclair and that is our positive advice when we are airing this episode it'll almost be new year's it'll be the last week in december so i myself and michael want to give you some encouraging words for this last bit of the new year so with that micah i'm gonna let you start first all right for my eclair my positive advice This year, for New Year's, of course, there's always the New Year's resolutions that come out primarily surrounded around health, which is a good thing, yes. What I think that we make the mistake of is we go all all in, right? We get the gym membership, we get the Peloton bike, we get whatever, right? And 
by the end of January, the, the resolution's already done. So I would propose to you, don't go for New Year's resolutions. Go for goals. Go for goals. Set goals for yourself. Um, and don't be offended or hurt with yourself because it doesn't happen overnight, especially when it comes to things like health, primarily. If, if you have a pattern of living and maybe a pattern of living unhealthy, I can say that I kind of do from time to time. It's not going to come overnight. You're going to be out of shape. It's going to hurt. Just stick with it. Keep with your goals. Keep those goals in mind. If you have to write it down, keep it on your bedside table to see what the goals are, even if it's not health-related, even if it's career-wise, if it's anything. Uh, this year is going to be the year for doing. This year is going to be the year for moving forward in every facet of life, and uh, we're going to all be there together. I agree with you because it is easy to get discouraged. And just like with the gym, you don't start off lifting 250 pounds. You start off with 20 and then build your way to 30, and then before you know it, you're at 250. So the big part is the discipline. If you keep with consistency, then I think you'll be good. And like you said, it's good to be all in. Um, but sometimes we go overboard and we work ourselves to the max that first week and then we give up. Absolutely. And that that is what happens. And I'm guilty of it too. I've had many a times where I want to get in a workout routine or do different things and ends up crashing down around you because you're not happy with where you are day one, day two. Uh, the pain sets in and you're not happy with where you're at. And so it's easy to say, you know what, I'm, I'm out. But if you give yourself tangible realistic goals for yourself throughout uh, the first weeks and months. Make sure you plan it out. Plan is important when it comes to making changes in life. So go ahead and just plan it out. Make goals for yourself and take it slow and enjoy the ride. This is my advice for going into the new year. Not necessarily ending the year, but going into the new year. Don't despise small beginnings. Don't Look down on where you start at and don't be discouraged with where you're at and the fact that it's small. Because when you start off with small beginnings, when you start out with nothing, then when you get to those goals and you reach the top, you'll be proud of where you started. And you can look back and say, you know what, I started with nothing. I, I mean, with us, even just in this past year, if you would have told me a year ago around this time that I would be doing a podcast and that it would be listened to all over the country, I would have told you that you're crazy. But we started with just two mics, a computer, some editing software, and we're still starting out small, but we can also look back. We're on episode five, and we can see how far we've come just in those five episodes. So don't despise the day of small beginnings because that's where the character is built. Because if you were automatically thrown into those situations to where you were succeeding automatically, you wouldn't have any character and you'd be taking shortcuts and you wouldn't appreciate it like you would if you were small beginnings. And this is not a spiritual podcast or a preaching podcast, but I'm going to go with this. There's a story in the Bible about five loaves and two fish. If you grew up in Sunday school, you, you've heard of it. And when you give that small bit to God, he'll multiply it. And don't despise the small things because those things can turn into big things. Um, what I will say is going off of both what Chris and I said, it is really easy to compare yourself to other people too. It is really easy, especially with social media and the way that we see other people. 
Remember, social media is people's highlights. That is not their life on a daily basis. Even celebrities, that is their that is their highlights and what they want you to see. Everybody struggles the same way. Everybody goes through the same exact things. We're all on our own journey. If you're not happy with where you're at, it's up to you to fix that. But at the same time, other people may have other opportunities, but you can't go off of that because you're on your own journey and your own path. That is exactly what I was going to say. And also, too, you can't compare your day one to somebody else's day 300. You have no idea what that person has gone through or the steps and obstacles that they have overcome to get where they're at. And you'll be there one day. Just don't despise the small beginnings. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged and stick with things and be consistent. And that is what I have to say about that. Last thing, um, small beginnings definitely build both character and give you the life experiences for when it becomes successful that you're not having to go through and learning those lessons at the time. It will be a lot easier when you get to that point because you will have the experience. And I just wanted to add that. But I think both what we said kind of go hand in hand together. We don't even talk about what we're going to say before we record. We just are like, hey, do you have the eclair this week? And both of us will be like, yeah, I've got something to say. But we don't ever talk about what we're going to say. And so the fact that those kind of piggybacked off of each other is probably a sign. Before we take our Donut Box podcast to the trash can, I want us to reflect on this year. What are some of your reflections for this year? This is a little bonus segment. I know that you weren't prepared for this, so I'm just going to throw you throw you under the bus. So what are some of your reflections for this year in a brief little bit? So we have two mystery donuts, another improv segment where you're putting me on this. No, I'm joking. Um, so my highlights for this year is definitely starting this podcast. I know it's relatively new and it was towards the end of the year, but that was definitely a highlight. It's been a long year of working really hard, and I am very, very happy to say that I, you know, Christmas is definitely a time to reflect. And as reflecting on this past year, there's been a lot of growth and a lot of change and that's really all I can ask for my, of myself and so I'm really happy of where I'm at and where I'm going um, and I think that is there's been a lot of years where I haven't felt that way and so to be coming out of this year feeling that way is definitely my highlight of all. I agree with you looking back at where I was in January and to where I am now I see so much growth And God has been so good to me and has blessed me so much. And I would have never even imagined that I would be in the spot that I'm in. Just not only with my job, but physically, emotionally, you know, mentally. A lot of healing and a lot of growth happened. And good things happened for me this year. A lot of necessary things happened for me this year. And so I think back and I thank God for all that he's done for me this year. And just seeing where I was in January and see where I'm at now. And even in January, trash can was even non-existent. It might've been a little thought or spark, but to see it at the beginning and see ourselves now in December recording fit number five, you know, dropping number five episode. It is great to see. So this year has definitely been a good one. And we're excited for an even better 2022. We will definitely have more episodes in 2022. So with that being said, it is time to take this Donut Box podcast out to the trash can. So tell them about Trash Can, Micah. You're the official plug. All right, Trash Can OGs. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to everybody else. Even if you're a new listener, consider yourself a Trash Can OG. But visit the website. 
tvtrashcan.com, tvtrashcan.com. And we are also on social media, Instagram, Facebook. We even are posted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You know, you can listen to us many, many places, but primarily on our social media and YouTube as well. Please like and subscribe. We would love to have you guys with us along for the ride. You guys are really true Donut Box OGs, and we are super grateful for you guys. Thank you for all the support. We are not going to bring you some figgy pudding, but we are going to wish you a very happy new year, and we hope that this 2022 is the best year for you yet. And I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And it is time to take this Donut Box podcast out of the trash can, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening.